Welcome to 1989, inside the diary of a wannabe radio announcer. My name is Benjamin Wosley. You may remember me from my work as Giggling Ben on Hamish and Andy. Hang on, stop, stop, everybody, stop. I think, I think Giggling Ben went to play, <laughs> went to play a crowd. Or even Bad Boy Ben with The Vixen back in the 90s. It's the PMFM Top 30 with Bad Boy and The Vixen and joining us from the UK really early in the morning. It's Billy! But way before any of that, when I was 19 in 89, I moved from the seclusion of my bedroom at my parents' house in Adelaide all the way to the isolated Western Australian mining town of Caratha to start work as a radio announcer at a little station called 6KA. My godmother gave me a diary to write down every momentous occasion and I actually did it. And now, 30 years later, I'm going to find out how weird... Arrogant, lame, self-absorbed, dorky, inexperienced and closeted the 19-year-old version of me was. To hold my hand while we navigate almost 365 days worth of embarrassment and a call in my family, my friends, people that were there, people that have known me for nearly 30 years, strap yourselves in. It's going to be an embarrassing ride. I'm Benjamin Wosley. Welcome to 19 in 89. I know, yes. Welcome back to the year that helped usher me from the comfort and safety of my parental digs into the middle of a mining town of roughly 10,000 people in the northwest of Western Australia, where most days are above 30 degrees and cyclones visit on the regular. It's kind of like throwing a soft, doughy ball of self-absorbed arrogance and inexperience wrapped in a variety of jagmen clothing into a prison yard in the centre of the desert and telling them, good luck, hope you survive till tomorrow. Apparently, I did. Uh, so to reset us and get our minds into 1989 land, we always revisit the songs that were making their chart debut on This Week in 89. We do that with the help of chartbeats.com.au. Bobby Brown had the lowest debut with Every Little Step in at 50. Melissa Etheridge took out 46 with No Souvenirs. And Icehouse rocked in with the biggest debut of that week. Touch the Fire was brand new at 30. Of course, in 1989, as you've heard, the pilot strike was well underway by this stage. They were fighting for a 30% pay rise and Bob Hawke's Labor Party weren't having any of it. If they gave into the pilots' union, then all the other workers' unions would have asked for pay rises of that size. And the fact that the government had already given themselves a 36% pay rise in 1988 seems to have been ignored. Go figure. They put a cap on wages, but no limits on the size of corporate profits that a company could earn. So in the end, it cost the Australian economy a billion 1989 dollars. It destroyed countless pilots' careers and in some cases lives, and it ushered in the age of trickle-down economics, where advocates of the plan maintained that the new wealth that their laws created would trickle down to the workers and they'd eventually be better off. Lies! And we're still suffering. Huzzah for capitalism, for crushing all that's fair and right about pretty much everything. Anyway, time to find out what teeny, poverty-stricken Benjamin was doing while they were all screwing us like, there's no pay rises for you. A horrific hot air balloon accident has me worrying about myself, which is standard. The pilot strike inspires me to ask really deep questions like, are we even the lucky country anymore? Calm down, mate. 
Uh, all these flight dramas trigger some depression and I get snappy and say nasty things to the people I work with because that's a reasonable response if you're a psychopath. I audition to be the voice of a mining company and I get served a bunch of bunghole as someone decides to flash me their butt while I'm talking on air. It wasn't pretty. And in fact, over 30 years later, I can still visualise it in my head. It's like burned on my brainstem. To help me delve into that and more, it's time to usher in another one of my besties. Who is that? 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 It's someone who would never flash their butt to me. Yeevee! I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now I'm thinking about it. It's like, maybe you did. <laughs> maybe it was me. <laughs> <laughs> no way you've got a hairy butt. You're so hairless. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes. No, no. There's no hair down there, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were all at that Last age where you need a mirror. <laughs> you can't just look down. <laughs> I haven't seen that part of me for donkeys. <laughs> Lucky I am a don- oh, no shut up, it's not true. <laughs> All right, so I definitely don't know anything about it. Yeah, no, me neither. Your donkey is none of my business. <laughs> Eeyore, Eeyore. <laughs> More like uh what was the other thing? The little pig, that's me. <laughs> Trying to have a half hour orgasm. Um, now, Evie and I have been besties since the early 90s. <laughs> Lucky it's not a corkscrew one. Anyway, stop, shut up. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Um, we've been friends yeah, since we, <laughs> we met through uh, our mutual friend, Marianne Keith, or Mac, as I call her on this podcast. Um, and we used to be called Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but I feel like someone's moved in on our action there. Oh. Well, so you hang out with Taris the other day. You're more Aww. Mr. and Mrs. Smith than me and you now. Oh, that's not true. You'll always be Mr. Smith. That's what I wanted to hear. Thanks, babes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have been recollecting before recording this, and one of my favourite things about Evie is that she's been a big kid her entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to live near each other in the same suburb in Perth in uh, Highgate. And you were like a block and a half away from us. And you yep. used to sometimes drive home from our house. And you would beep your horn all the way from our house to your house. Just like, beep, And we would be in our house, stoned off our faces, laughing our heads off because we could still hear Yvonne going, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And then you, when you got home, did you used to do a big beep when you finally got home? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, it's such a thing you do in your 20s. Just be a fucking asshole and don't care about what it does to anyone else around you. <laughs> that gets worse with age, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Even at 53, I still don't give a fuck. (laughs) Same. (laughs) You still do it, don't you? (laughs) (sighs) All right, well, let's get stuck into another week's worth of the diary. Um, We're into October. We're starting on the 15th. It's a Sunday, and I wrote this at 12.44 a.m., and at the top I've got 23, which is 23 days till I go back to Adelaide. Oh, Today, I woke up to the midday news and the story of another balloon accident. Not as in like birthday balloons, but hot air balloon. I've decided I'm never going one again. Not that I've been on one before. What the fuck? Honestly. So, 20-year-old me has never been on a hot air balloon, but I still write, I'm never going on one again. I lie and then out myself as a liar. (laughs) Idiot. Um... But I would actually never go on a hot air balloon, but I have since found out from someone that has that apparently after the balloon lands, you then have to help them lay out the uh, balloon and fold it and stuff. I was like, what? 
You pay all that money and then you've got to do manual labour at the end <laughs> and you had to get up early to see it as well. Jip. It's very odd, isn't it, the whole hot air balloon thing? Yeah. Because lots of people think that's quite a romantic thing, but you don't actually have any opportunity to be alone with the person that you want to be romantic with because you're in a square <laughs> wicker box <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with someone who's watching your romanticism unfold. And every time you say something, they just <laughs> hot air balloon you. <laughs> And, God, it must be horrific when they crash. But let's not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> uh, sat around the house most of the day, had a shower and headed off to the station about 4.30. David taken down all the posters from Studio One. The room looks so bare. And if you remember, some of those pictures, we had a picture of Mr T on the wall and Annie from Neighbours. Who was Annie from <clears throat> Neighbours? Was she a hot spot or was she was like Mrs. Kravitz and Bewitched? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Mrs. Kravitz. Abner. Abner. Annie is Annie Jones who played the role of uh, Jane Harris who was the ugly ducking with the glasses but they took the glasses off and tizzied her hair and she was suddenly a goddess. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, distinctly yeah. remember... That's really old. Yeah, I distinctly remember <laughs> someone had cut her head out and stuck it on the body of Mr. T that was on the back wall of our studio. <laughs> so it was Mr. T's body and Annie Jones's head just looking all gorgeous. And I do remember seeing her at uh, the Adelaide Royal Show for a neighbours meet and greet and she had a brown fringe leather jacket on and I thought, oh, my God, I need a brown fringe leather jacket. <laughs> Go the 80s. Didn't we all? <laughs> oh, I never got one. They sort of became... Anyway, recorded on this day for the next two weeks. My shift from 9.30 to midnight went fantastic. I had heaps to say and made few mistakes. Ugh, it just makes me cringe when I say I had heaps to say. You know, fucking chatty Kathy just boring everyone in Karatha to fucking snores. <laughs> Got home just after 12. Left a message for Richie about the bare walls. It said, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I've written in capitals. This is the note I left for Richie. Newsflash, 6K, oh no, 6KA studio, and I've actually put raped. It's so incorrect. 6KA's bare walls shock staff into coma. Ben stays away for two days in mourning. Film at 11. And then I wrote, it was rather funny. Because rape jokes are not funny, you dickhead. Ha, ha, ha. Had to be there, I wrote in capitals. Yeah, no, you didn't, because I've read it 30 years later and it's still shit. Two days off now. <laughs> Yay! Bye! 12.50 a.m. I'm so glad my humour got better. <laughs> Less rapey. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Rape is never Let's a joke, guys. No more. In the 80s, apparently, anything was a go. Uh, this is uh, Monday, October 16. It's written at 1.01 a.m. Watched talk radio today, and that's all in capitals with inverted commas. I now have... <laughs> you're going to love this, Evie. I now have even more respect for John Laws. <laughs> <laughs> See? The 80s were different, everyone. We had respect for John Laws. <laughs> what a brilliant movie. Well, today was a bit of a downer. Still no word on my flight. They said keep ringing every few days to find out if you have an apex fare. What does that even mean? <laughs> Oh, was it like a standby fare? Maybe. Day? And yeah. also, how funny is it that back then you had to ring every few days to check? 
They didn't give you an SMS in your phone or an update on your website. Anyway, me having to ring them every few days doesn't get a good reaction. It pisses me off so much. Thank goodness I've not accepted a job or anything because it would be virtually impossible to get to it. And how will the Grand Prix suffer? Badly, I think. This is, of course, when the Grand Prix was still in Adelaide. (laughs) What about Australia in general? Are we really the lucky country anymore? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Calm down, John Laws. (laughs) (laughs) You're knowing so much. (laughs) I know. Well, I followed up with, I sometimes wonder, what, that we're the lucky country? (laughs) You're white, gay, 19 and living in the northwest of WA. You were lucky, mate. (laughs) Still, best to take each day as it comes. Good on you, you little trooper. Got two letters today, one from Kerry and one from Emma. Great to hear from them. Mum and Dad called and we chatted for a while. Very little else achieved today. Never mind. Night, folks. 1.09am. Abundant happiness in there. (laughs) Full of hate to begin with and then I'm really happy. All right, this is uh, October 17th. It's a Tuesday. Written at 3.07am and anyone keeping tally, 21 days to Adelaide. Today, and then I've written in capitals, another day off. Went into work today with Avril and I asked Richie if I could possibly have another week off for my holidays so that I could catch the bus and he said, I don't see why not. Ain't that great? Question mark. All I have to do now is ask Neville when he gets back. He should say yes. Not much done. Did some small shopping in town with Avril. What's this small shopping? <laughs> Condoms? <laughs> what to wear on my head or uses balloons. <laughs> Oh, that's right. No, you got a donkey. I was sexless. I was sexless. Small shopping. No, no, I was sexless. There's no donkey. (laughs) Got a letter from Nicole asking if I can come home the week after her birthday because that's when she'll be having her 21st birthday. I feel like telling her, but I can't. I feel terrible about that, especially considering it's her 21st that I'll be missing out on. Never mind. Night, 3.14am. P.S. Also rang Glenn today too, which was great. Good to talk to him again. And for the record, um, because I'm going back to Adelaide, I was going to surprise my cousin Nicole and just turn up at her house, which I do have photos of. Um, and that's why I couldn't go to her 21st because I was going to surprise her in November with a visit from me. Aww. What a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 21st birthday. <laughs> All right, this Six is... on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wait till you see the photo. <laughs> Does it look stroppy? It looks very stroppy. Uh, This is Wednesday, October 18, written at 12.49am. 20 days, guys. Not really a day that I want to remember. Too many hassles at work. I was in a bitchy mood as a result. Oh, sassy. So I said some... (laughs) So I said some nasty things to some people. (laughs) (laughs) What in hell? (laughs) Which, of course, I now regret. Uh, My shift went bloody awful. Nothing I said came out right. I almost felt like breaking down and crying at one stage. Jesus, dramatic. (laughs) Anyway, hopefully tomorrow will be better. Slight depression, I suppose. I'm at my wits end about going home. I have no idea what to do. I'm just lost. (laughs) Baby. Um, Part of me says go to Singapore and then come home. As if. You didn't even have a passport. Then another says fly both ways and take my chances. Another says fly to Perth and then bus. Who knows? Night, 12.53 a.m. <laughs> you psychopath. <laughs> I do know that I, I think I flew to Perth and then I bussed from Perth to Adelaide. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, this is October 19th. It's a Thursday. It was written at 2.03am. Another day, another dollar. You've done this so many times already, mate. Uh, woke up at 9am this morning, showered and went into town with Avril and Dave to do the weekly shopping. Got home at around midday, had some lunch and then headed to the station and spent most of the day keeping myself busy with ads. Right up until 6pm and even after I got off air at midnight. Oh, you're busy, girl. Liz rang to ask if I could stay in Perth for a couple of days. I'm going to arrange it. Shift went okay? There's a question mark after the okay. <laughs> Some downers, but it picked up after a while. That's about it. See ya, 2.05am. Oh, man, it would have been so basic and average. <laughs> <laughs> have you, um, was it your aunt that gave you this diary? Um, no, my mum's best friend and my godmother, Jane. Oh, okay. Have yeah. you included them in this nonsense? Well, no, she doesn't want to be a part of it because she hates the sound of her own voice. Hi, Jane. Um, oh. But I think her voice is beautiful, so I don't understand it. <laughs> I can only hope that she's listened to some of it in her spare time. <laughs> I doubt she has. <laughs> this is be very proud, Ben. Be very oh, proud. Do you reckon? <laughs> she might uh, remove herself as my godmother. Uh, <laughs> this is Friday, October 20, and it was written at 3.11am. Well, today was fantastic. Got up at 9am, showered, ate breakfast and headed off to work. Heaps of work to do, at least five ads. Got stuck into them and have to do some of them tomorrow. My shift from 2 to 6pm went great. Virtually no mistakes. Also, interviewed Geraldine Doyle, which was fantastic. Who the fuck's Geraldine Doyle? I'm a cozering. What were you interviewing her for? Was she a writer or a... It says on this first... Like, I don't know if this is her, uh, that she was an American woman who had widely and mistakenly promoted in the media as a possible real-life model for the World War II era. We can do it poster. Oh. What? No, there's no way I spoke to her. It's got to be another Geraldine Doyle. <laughs> Ger- Geraldine Doyle, Australia. I was going to say, what a, what a scoop. <laughs> I know. So, were you the pin-up lady? Oh, okay, here we go. This is more like a... <laughs> she had 150 buttery gars in her lounge room. <laughs> Close. She was an Irish singer and performer of comic songs and a comedian. Now based in Australia, she grew up in Dublin with her brother. That's who I would have been talking to, Geraldine Doyle. That rings a bell. Well, apparently it was fantastic, Evie. I returned my plane tickets today, got my refund and bought the bus and plane ticket combined. Woodside Petroleum came into 6KA today. Boo, yes. They need someone to do voiceovers for their training videos. We all have to audition for them, but I'm hoping that they pick me because that would be fantastic. We'll just have to wait and see. Night, 3.18am. Now, I tell them to fuck off. I don't want their toxic money. But back then, please, Mr Woodside, give me the job. (laughs) Didn't get a hot tip. All right, and our final entry for the week. This is uh, October 21. It's a Saturday. It was written at 1.54am, 17 days to Adelaide, kids. Hey, Ben, we've got to the end of the week and there have been no food references. What's going on? Oh, that's a really good point. And is there any in here? No, just the mention of the brown eye. So maybe I wasn't into food that week. That is a big oversight. A week with no food entries. (laughs) (laughs) It's not how you make porridge either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, composed. (laughs) Anyway, no food updates, but 
Interesting things to come, guys. <laughs> <laughs> a vortex of ass. Uh, this was written at 1.54am. Did I say that? Uh, who cares? Great day today. Got woken at 9.30 this morning with Emma on the phone for me. She wanted to tell me that she wouldn't be at the airport because she thinks my parents should be the ones there and only them. I explained to her that I was fly bussing it and wasn't arriving until Wednesday. So it was all different now anyway. So that's basically me saying, well, fuck you if you don't want to come to the airport. Because <laughs> I'll be at the bus port. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm fully poffying it. Uh, <laughs> but that is a nice way of saying I don't want to come to the airport. It should just be about you and your parents. And <laughs> stealing that. I showered, dressed and went to work. Richie was in a great mood. Got some work done and went on air at midday. My shift from midday to 6pm went fantastic. Ultra pleased with my efforts today. Was one drawback. I had Dave giving me a brown eye today. Most upsetting when you're <laughs> midway through conversation. <laughs> That's just wrong. Yeah, but it kind of was, honestly, in radio, everything got pressed against the glass when you're in an on-air studio. <laughs> I've seen worse than that. Some lovely breasts, though, I might add. Some of my friends. Uh, <laughs> Got home about 7.38pm, watched TV and organised my finances for my holiday and all that jazz. See ya! 2.01am, <laughs> organised my finances, like put money in my wallet. <laughs> oh, that's all I've got. Thanks, Yeevee. Coin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scraped together. Well, we do know from a previous entry that I forgot to put my holiday pay request in, so I wasn't going to get my holiday pay. Ooh. And I have flicked ahead for your record. In the next episode, we do talk about roast potatoes and carrots and um, some crackle that had hair on it and made me feel sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate when the pork crackle's got the whiskers in it. Was that your hair? No. (laughs) You know when they don't take the the hair? Anyone that's vegan listening to this will be like, you're eating a human. (laughs) Yeah, when they don't shave the whiskers off. That's where you need your little blowtorch. Yeah. Mm. I am going to jump ahead and just tell you that it says, we had roast pork, which was fairly gross. The crackle had hairs on it, which always puts me off. And the meat smelt really piggy, (laughs) (laughs) which also makes me feel sick. (laughs) Well, isn't it funny? We were actually having a conversation about that the other day, about the fact that pork has really changed. I remember when my mum, I don't know whether she got half a pig or what, but all I remember is... That we had a lot of pork, and there was a pig's head on the kitchen table for what a good good couple of days, and the house just smelled so rich and porky, and it was a bit full on. Hey, I think it put me off pork for a long time. Evie, what was she doing with the head? Picking at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Did she have? I remember it like what marble bull eyes? <laughs> Did she have other parts of the pig, or she just bought the head because it was really cheap? Well, there must there must have been other parts of the head, other uh, parts of the pig. But I just remember that that head sitting on the kitchen table, oh. and I, I can't remember if she'd refrigerate. She must have refrigerated it, surely. But I just remember <laughs> it being on the table. <laughs> It was a bit creepy. Wow, that's a confronting thing for a kid to grow up around, pig's heads just oh, look, sitting on you know, tables. We ate all manner of things when we were children. 
<laughs> oh, how times have changed. <laughs> if you're not traumatising your kids with seven animal heads, are you even a good parent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, these kids today, they're so protected. I know. And then you did go through a vegetarian period in the 90s. I was a very bad vegetarian. I was just a meat and... No, not meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I was just a, a cheese and bread vegetarian as opposed to a good stir fry and, Yeah, you know, that's right. Veggie kind of. Uh, <laughs> you vegetarian. lived in the land of spinach and feta pasties, sausage rolls, and cheese. Oh, it wasn't and even dips. that good. It was lazy. <laughs> it was lazy vegetarian, and to my shame, I would occasionally sneak in a whopper every now and then. Without <laughs> <laughs> telling anybody. Oh my god! How long were you this kind of vegetarian, Evie? <laughs> uh, I reckon nearly a couple of years, I think. What? Oh, got it. I can't believe that I did it for that long, but maybe, yeah. It just sounds like you spent a few years just doing party food. (laughs) I reckon half of that I was Dips and chips, guys. (laughs) Sneaking in whoppers every Friday night. (laughs) So the iron levels are up. My private shame. (laughs) Not anymore, it's on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, in the next episode, I'm going to learn how to start a generator. When the radio station suffers a blackout... I get a tarot reading. Turn on a rather hairy serving of roast pork. Tease that already. That makes me want to gag. There's also outside broadcasts to do. A script to voice that I don't even understand. I invite the guys visiting from Retrovision in Perth to a party at the radio station Sharehouse. Who the fuck does that? And when the party finally arrives, there's a split lip to deal with. Plus Dave and his girlfriend Avril get their drink on, break up and call off their engagement. Thankfully, I'm there so I can spend my time wondering if this will affect me or delay my holiday. So thoughtful. Not very much at all. Hey, obviously every episode we try to help amplify Indigenous voices. And this time around we're shining the spotlight on our Dilly Bag, who are a 100% Aboriginal-owned, women-led social enterprise. Uh, They're focused on reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people, and they know that the only path to reconciliation is experiencing culture and adapting our mindset to new ideas. So in promoting the cause, they've carefully curated a collection of vital items and experiences for any ally or First Nations person that is looking for empowerment. You'll find them at our Dilly Bag, which is O-U-R-D-I-L-L-Y-B-A-G.com.au. They're also on Instagram and Facebook, so go give them a check out. Gotta squeeze in another thanks to the enigmatic DJ Dirtbag for creating the musical theme of the 1989 podcast. Thanks again, too, to Jezelenko for all the other audio highlights. You can, of course, support this podcast by subscribing. You could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You could share it with a friend who you think might enjoy a bit of a giggle, or you could rabbit on about it on your socials. Come on, do something. You'll find us at 1989. And until next time, I am, of course, loving you from here. Check you later. See ya, boy. <laughs> <laughs>